I'm Sean Bowles, and I want to welcome you to Exploring the Prophetic Podcast. I have a passion for how the prophetic gifts can change the world around us. They make simple, everyday people like you and I a catalyst for life-changing experiences with the supernatural. On this podcast, I have friends from all different backgrounds who each have a powerful story to tell about how the prophetic is shaping their world. I invite you to be part of the conversation. This is Exploring the Prophetic. Welcome to Exploring the Prophetic. I am so excited today because I have on the show a repeat guest named Graham Cook. For those of you who don't know Graham, he's one of my spiritual heroes. You're going to hear me fanboy out a little bit when I talk to him because I can't help it. Even though we're friends, I still get giddy when I talk to him. I just get so excited. But Graham is one of the forerunners of prophetic ministry at large. He has BrilliantHouse.com, BrilliantPerspectives.com, BrilliantTV.com. He's authored over 21 books. His wife, Teresa, is a delight. He's just so much fun to talk to and to be around because he breaks down the nature of God into bite-sized pieces that even when he's just telling you one-liners, just in casual conversation, you feel mentored. But a man like Graham Cook, he's been on a prophetic journey himself where he's been trusting God to speak to him about his life, his resources, where he's supposed to go, what he's supposed to do. And some of the stories today that I've asked him to talk about even as we're exploring the prophetic together just inspire me because when God gives you a calling, there's always resources towards a calling. And a lot of times it's not just the resource itself, it's the process of getting that resource and getting into something. So for him, he's going to be talking about, I'm going to actually lead him into a conversation about um, just the building that they're using as their lease space for their ministry and for their organization up in Santa Barbara, California. And I just think many times we're looking at the goal of what we need to accomplish our prophecy or a prophetic calling, but we don't always realize it's the, it's the journey along the way that as we get these resources, they speak of the nature of the God who loves us and wants to love through us. And Graham is so beautiful at articulating that God and his nature and how to apply God's nature to our everyday real life and intimacy with him. And when you have that grounded identity, you're not just looking for words that bring direction and even just fix it. You're looking for words that actually reveal who God is in your life. Graham is a beautiful example of that. So let's go right into the interview. Hey, welcome to Explain the Prophetic. I'm Sean Bowles, and I have with me a special guest, Graham Cook. And I am ab- absolutely enamored, and probably a wrong way as a fanboy to you, Graham. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I know we're friends, but I'm just, I, I'm so, I get to meet Hollywood celebrities and people all the time. And I just like, I, I got around you the last time I was with you, and I was like, I was giddy. I was just like, I just love being around Graham. You just carry something that I've, I think it's, you, you, you get giddy around people that you want to emulate certain things that they have in their life. <laughs> it's life. <laughs> so, welcome to the podcast. Yay. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm doing great. You're like, I'm, I'm awkward now that you told me you're fanboying to me. <laughs> <laughs> no, we just uh, did an event together not too long ago, and you hosted an amazing event and, uh, in Anaheim, California. And I'd encourage those who are listening, you can get on Brilliant Perspectives and, and you could check it out. And uh, can they watch it in full or do they have to subscribe? Yeah, you can. Uh, I think you can get it on uh, BTV now. My, my yeah. favorite session of that, although I loved every session, I didn't hear one of yours, and I didn't hear it because I heard. I think I, I heard the majority of them, but I didn't hear one of them. But my favorite session was when you just basically prophesied over us for an hour or th- however right. long. I don't know how long it was. It felt like an eternity and short at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was so deep. And I thought I just need this devotionally. Like I need this in my devotional yeah. life, which I've heard you do before. But it was yeah. so significant. So I'm going to encourage you, those who are listening, go there. I can't, 
I think there are a lot of people who are struggling in their devotional realm because they're trying to grow up in God, but, you know, um, trying to have experiences with God and translate them into something devotional, I think is a hard skill for a lot of people. So I like to do, I like to do prophetic, you know, words that are, that give people, that create a new devotional space for people. Yes. You know, to hear God. So it so took people out of performance for that right. that moment, and yeah. I think most people, when they, even the prophetic or, or pursuing God for encounter, are doing it out of a place of "What do I get to do for you?" Okay. And I, what I loved about that particular prophetic moment, which is kind of what you breathe, is just cohabiting, you know, co- cohabitation with God. Just what does the Father say? The one who loves you say. It was just so beautiful. Like it was so touching the whole time. And I, I Molly, who was on the keyboard. Um, the whole time doing that with you afterwards yeah. was saying it was so deep. Like it was so connected. Like she was the whole time with you for <laughs> an hour on the keyboard. I just love what we all experience. But anyways, I want to get into some stories cause we're exploring the prophetic and I love you guys have moved to Santa Barbara now. Not everybody knows that. Yeah. yeah and Santa Barbara is one of my love languages. I lived about an hour outside of Santa Barbara for a good five or six years of my life. And we would go there probably like, you know, a couple times, three times a month as a family, and now you guys live there. I call it the other heaven on earth. <laughs> yeah, it's a gorgeous city. It really is. A lot of people don't know it, though. It's like one of those kind yeah. of, I mean, a lot. I, I guess people who are high wealth, high value, high dollar celebrity people discover it because it's a very wealthy area. But there's a lot to yeah. do when you're not wealthy, which is beautiful. Right. And I love, I get to practice the lifestyle I had back in the UK because Santa Barbara is a walk around city. Oh, yeah. So I get to practice my urban monastic lifestyle <laughs> with the Lord. You know, it's really cool. Well, and I bring this up because this kind of goes to the story that I wanted to see if you could tell today, which is why Santa Barbara and how did God place you there? Because one of the things when we're explaining the prophetic is the, the practical applications of when God speaks, stuff has moved on earth. Things happen, doors open. And you guys had some pretty significant um, strategic placement there. Yeah, well, we uh, we... We'd been in Northern California, just north of the Bay Area, uh, in Vacaville for 12 years. And then we knew that season had come to an end. And um, we were asking the Lord, Teresa and I, where do you want us to go next? And we knew we had to stay in California. We knew we couldn't go north because we thought about going to Reading or something because I love those guys. And But we knew it wasn't north of where we were. And we knew it was um, somewhere between... Uh, San Francisco and LA. So we thought, you know, Central Coast or something, you know. So we went on a road trip for two weeks. Fine. And we thought we went to Santa Cruz because I like the New Age community there. You know, I love New Age people because it's just an open environment. Sure, the enemy's in it, but who cares about him? Yeah, exactly. You know, so, um, but people are open. So I thought we went there, it wasn't there. We went to San Luis Abismo where we wasn't there. We went a few other places and we were just on our way back home and we stopped in Santa Barbara for lunch. And I just love the atmosphere. Wow. You know, and so we stayed for three days and, and then we moved about two months later. And the great thing about Santa Barbara was we did not know a living soul (laughs) in the city. And what I wanted to do is I wanted to go, and I wasn't going to go and join a church. I wanted to go and just be in the city and be friends with God and walk around with Him. And I wanted to start a kingdom community from the ground up. Wow. 
And so that was our plan. And so we were hidden for two years in the city, just making friends, you know. Well, and you guys came from a pretty big church in Backerville. Yeah, big, it was great. Big yeah, church we, community, so it must have yeah, been a it was with, culture I mean, shock. Dan, Dan McCollum, good friend, Dave Crone, those guys. Yeah, they're amazing. Know? Yeah, so, uh, but I wanted to start a kingdom community. I wanted to see if I could build something from the ground up, um, completely fresh, laid, uh, lay a foundation for the kind of church that I really feel is required going forward in wow. these days. So you guys so go to was, Australia and you get receive a word kind of about yeah, was, coming was, out of that hidden two-year season. Right, right. We were just, yeah, in Australia. And I got this word that God was moving my business into full public view in Santa Barbara mm. and that you know, my whole work family would expand. Because at that time, it was just me, my wife, Teresa, and Jenny, who's our personal assistant. Jenny. Miss, Miss Jenny. Awesome. So, <laughs> That's for a so, impersonation by someone from the UK I've ever heard. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, so anyway, the, um, we got this opportunity to rent offices in probably the most prestigious central downtown office complex in Santa Barbara. And it, it was a, a company that did top secret work for the U.S. government. Wow. So they had like 13 offices in this dog leg uh, on, on the fifth floor. And they had this um, huge metal door across the corridor with all kinds of, you know, gadgets, you know, <laughs> Security a, gadgets. electronic keypad and a, a retinal scan and oh thumbprinting. Oh, yeah. Wow. The whole nine yards. And um, we were the first people. And they got this new contract from the U.S. government, which stipulated they had to be in a standalone facility. So they had oh, to wow. leave this place. So we were, we were the first people in a quarter of a century to get beyond that keypad, that door, that steel oh door. In fact, they took the steel door down. We were the first people to see it, and I took it straight away. <laughs> oh, you have the steel 30, door? It was 13 rooms, and we had a staff of four. <laughs> oh my gosh that's awesome <laughs> it was just great and we're not walls down we you know we had we're not walls down into create bigger rooms so we had three big rooms and then seven smaller offices and it's great what, one of the things i love about that too is that you you know it kind of represents the season you went in which is like the secrets of god's heart very introverted mm. very quiet and into a season where you're now exposing those things from a very public but private right. building. I and mean, it was kind of a prophetic parallel in a way. Yeah. Well, I've had, I've had this whole thing with the Lord because, you know, I am an introvert and I love being an introvert, you know. But, of course, you can't stay an introvert any more than an extrovert can stay an extrovert with Jesus because, you know, an introvert gets drawn into something you know, broader and wider. And an extrovert gets drawn into something smaller and more, you know, um, intimate. So you, totally. you would tend to, at some point in Christ, you're going to cross over. And so I would describe myself now as an ambivert. <laughs> that is, you know, my, my natural state is introversion, which I adore. But now I can go on a platform and be funny. You know, I've done, I've actually done uh, stand up comedy, believe it or not. <laughs> I totally believe it. 
I can tell you. I mean, it's weird just comedy you ever heard. Joke sometimes. <laughs> I, I I could just picture this. <laughs> but I tell stories, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And and I, you know, Jesus just it, it, for me is like has been so humorous with me, you know, because I, I just think he likes teasing me. <laughs> so he teases me He's out the of best my harasser, right? He's such a harasser. Uh, right. He, he, he just has this way. He knows exactly what buttons to press in all of us, and he loves it. Oh, my gosh. So, um, yeah, so then I, I'm now in this big space. And the, the thing I've always, my agreement with the Lord, or his agreement with me, because my introversion was so, you know, huge. And, and the thought of being in public ministry was just, oh, I cried. Wow. When I got called, I cried for like four months, really. Oh, wow. And, and so, um, I, and he said, I'll give you two things. You can ask me for two things right now, and I'll, and I'll be true to that all the days of your life. And so I, I asked him for obscurity and friendship. Wow. Those are the two things I ask for. So I've never, I never get on the big platforms. I never get at the big events. I fly under the radar for the most part, you know. And uh, I hear people all the time saying, "But I've never heard of you." I've only been in ministry forty-five years. I just discovered <laughs> you last week. I said, wow. "Well, that's great," because I discovered myself the week before that. Oh, you know? no. So, wow. so all I wanted is great friends. But I never wanted the whole public thing. I wanted obscurity because I wanted, I wanted to spend more time with the Lord than on yeah. the platform, you know. So, and then here I am. I get this big office space in Santa Barbara. And yeah, Correct I mean, me Santa Barbara is like such a key city for, you know, where people in media go and rest, and people in entertainment right. and right. business go and rest. So it's so cool that you guys, like, we've had some friends go out and they ended up moving and being a part of your guys' world. And they're just forever changed by it. You guys are just doing such a phenomenal job of mentoring and pouring in, just just pouring yeah, in we love, love that. which is so and cool. You need, to, you need quiet spaces to do that. With you people. do, you and I love that it's life. in a business kind of a space instead of a church type of a space because it just so puts it into a mode where there can be think tank type times, right? right. But there could also be the devotional times, which is uh, so. Thinking is like the best. You know? <laughs> it really is. If you have healthy thought life, it is. <laughs> Yeah, I, I do, I like, and I know you do, but I'm just saying, like, yeah. people who are listening might go, ah, that hurts me. <laughs> right. I'm not really a teacher either. I'm much more of a, a mentor, more of a conversation. I love sitting down and just chatting with people. And, and I love it, those conversations become prophetic, which mm -hmm. is my preferred way of doing the prophetic. I, I didn't. I haven't always enjoyed, you know, it's like the one-dimensional view of the prophetic, which is a guy on a platform giving yeah. words. You know, I, I, the Bible talks about varieties of gift, varieties of ministry, varieties of effect. But they are, people only, it's like, you know, everything we do in the church seems to be about efficiency and economics. Mm. Let's do the most amount of stuff we can in the shortest amount of time with the biggest amount of people. Hey, let's have a meeting. Yeah. You know, and I feel so much in the prophetic is much more a mentoring conversation, which is why I love doing mentoring classes on BTV. Yeah. You know, because I feel like I can connect with right where people are at. 
which isn't, I mean, isn't that the point of what we're doing? Well, and I was just going to bring that up is that you guys got that natural space, which created a virtual real estate in this space. And it's so beautiful that you guys, you have a TV studio there and you've created brilliant perspectives TV, which is mentoring people and is having conversations and is imparting. And so I think it's really cool. You guys get this word and you could have gone anywhere. You right. get into Santa Barbara, you get a word about space. It's a top secret facility and it's birthing, <laughs> it's birthing just the secrets of God on the earth. It's just amazing. It's crazy. Eh? Only you. I'm sure the Lord loves putting all this together. It's like, okay, so let's get him in this office. Right? <laughs> let's get these guys a really great contract with the U.S. government so they have to move out. And let's give Graham his own little secret space. You should have kept the, the retina scanner, though. You should have just kept just to be cool. You know, can we keep that there, please, can just for fun? That, the thumbprint? No, that would scanner. be too weird. <laughs> hey, if Even iPhones now check out your retina and scan your retina for it, you know, it's not that big. <laughs> Video. No, I think it's great. Well, tell us this. Tell us how we can get a hold of you and follow all. I just think it's so great for our listeners to to go on a journey if you're exploring the prophetic with Graham. Uh, BrilliantPerspectives.com. Uh, that's our online communities where that's the starting pa- uh, place for processing either the book house or the BTV, you know. But that's our community. We do blogs and uh, we have a great community of people who are just discovering more of who Jesus is, and it's just, it's just so it's so cool and so wonderful of the Lord just to let us be part of other people's process. You know, and that's a good start. Just absolutely. Uh, and if you're wanting to go on a, a deeper, just maturing journey, I know that that's somewhat missing in the church today to really go on your own individual journey of just just getting the mm-hmm. wisdom of who God is and His nature applied to your real life. I want to encourage you to go after Graham's resources because it's been real instrumental in my wife and my journey throughout the years. And a lot of our mutual friends have just, there's kind of a a line of demarcation or a line in the sand. When you listen to a stuff, you're like, Oh, I used to think this way, but now I have to think this way. I'm accountable because I've heard it. So I want to encourage you to get a hold of it. And Graham, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Yay. Loved it, Sean. Loved it. Love you, man. Hey, this is Sean Bowles. I'm going to tell you about a book I wrote called Keys to Heaven's Economy. And this is based on an encounter I had with the minister of finance, which was an angelic being. I know this is intense to hear and believe, but it's an angelic being whose sole purpose was to steward the economy of heaven so Jesus could get all of his reward in our age and the age to come. It was so beautiful, this encounter, but it changed the way I thought about finances practically and also brought scriptures to life like I'd never seen them before. This book has become a bestseller internationally, and I want to encourage you to get your copy today at www.bullsministries.com.